Take four. Yeah, this is the fourth time we've tried to do this on different occasions as well. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I was going to say that the most ADHD thing I've done this week, and I know we're starting off on the wrong foot here, but I think it has to be done, <laughs> considering the most ADHD thing I had done this week was send Laura home when she came round to record because Laura came over and immediately, as soon as she sat her bum on the seat, my phone rang. It was the uni. I had an appointment with them that I had forgot to put in the calendar. and So it didn't exist. So yeah, it didn't exist until they called to remind me. Um, and basically had to just turn Laura around and send her home again. I got booted out. <laughs> Chucked out. So I'm a dickhead. <laughs> no, no. It's no. Your mo- well, it was almost your most ADHD thing until... Yeah, and then that would have been my most ADHD <laughs> thing until we started recording for the s- second time, third time. Third time. Third time we started recording, and um, I realised that I was only recording Laura's mic and not mine. <laughs> so fourth time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, but um, that but that is the whole point of the most ADHD thing is that we eradicate the shame. We've all done similar. And it is actually funny. Yeah. You don't need to beat yourself up about it. It's hilarious. Exactly. It's not what you intended to do, which actually leads me perfectly to my most ADHD thing, apart from just nearly headbutting the mic there. Um, <laughs> Good segue. Um, so basically, um, as you will know already from looking at this episode, we are joined today by the wonderful uh, ADHD love couple, Rich and Rox. Bunch of legends. Absolutely incredible. Now, when I booked them in... I wanted to research more about Rich because obviously I knew that we were going to be talking more to Rox because she's the one that has ADHD. Of course. So I started looking and I found that Rich has another platform. Now this comes with another trigger warning. I know we give them anyway, but his platform, so commendable. Um, He is raising awareness about sexual abuse in childhood. Uh, which he experienced, which is so, so awful. Now, the reason why I'm sharing this is because we've said so many times that often our actions don't mirror our intentions. So here's me trying really hard to be sensitive to Rich, make sure that that we include him, that we get his message across as well and that it's not all focused on rocks and ADHD and all the rest of it. And so I just blurt right out with, oh, and you've got, you know, as if I'm talking about a cup of tea, as if it's the most, you know, easy thing to talk about. That's literally what I launched with because I'm like, right, make sure that he gets his point across. It's really, really important. And some of our listeners might benefit from it. So I'll do that straight away. It's like, no. So in trying to be so sensitive to Rich, I was so insensitive. So it's a perfect example of actions not mirroring intentions. Of course. But obviously, like you say, that wasn't what you intended to do. You just wanted to make sure that he got a voice and was able to share his platform because it can help so many people. Yeah, exactly. And he's doing a wonderful thing. Yeah, It's just, it's not... um, it's not the kind of topic that comes up straight away. You just launch straight in into an interview with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as if as if it's completely normal. So, uh, yeah, that's literally what I did. But then afterwards, um, I did apologise to him straight away because it was playing on my mind for the whole interview. As yeah. soon as we finished, I was like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, no, it's fine. And I mean, let's be fair, these absolute... You know, we use the word legends a lot, but they are mm. are prepared to dive deep, are prepared to talk about 
the uncomfortable things, the difficult things, the trauma to to alleviate shame and to help others to to rise above and overcome the struggles that they've experienced in their lives and the traumas that they've had to face. So yeah, luckily they um they took it well. But you know, I I, I did apologize, but it it is a perfect example, and that is what we do. Yeah. Sometimes we just put our foot in it and do the wrong thing. But um, hey ho. Um, so with that in mind, let me introduce Rich. So as I said, he has a platform called One in Six on TikTok. He is also a content creator behind the viral social media phenomenon ADHD Love, where he has over 200 million global views raising awareness about ADHD. Um, along with his rife rocks, which you will speak about in a sec. Yeah. Um, they brought out the now best-selling book, Dirty Laundry. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And he is described by the Daily Mail as demystifying what it's like to live with a person who has ADHD. And he truly shares some incredible insights and advice about that. Yeah, absolutely. And his wife, Roxanne Emery, also known by her stage name, Rory, is... Say uh, Rory again. Rory. <laughs> no, how you did it with the R's. Also known by her stage name, Rory. <laughs> Rory. <laughs> is a London-based singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist and producer. So, yeah. yeah, what a pair. So All singing, all dancing. Literally all singing, all dancing. And um, Roxy, I know, has or Rory rather, has an amazing song out at the moment. She wrote herself the apology that she's never going to receive, yeah. um, which is just such an incredible idea and such a so anthemic to anybody who um, has been mistreated in that way and isn't getting the respect that they deserve and the apology they deserve. So yeah. should we dive in and hear yeah. the story? And just uh, strap yourself in for this one because it is a long one. But you can always press pause. Yeah, you can and always... double speed. You can exactly. We didn't want to cut anything out because we think it's all very important. And um, we're two people that we're interviewing, so obviously it's going to be twice as long. Yeah, absolutely. I just apologise to anybody who is actually listening on double speed because if you went any faster than double speed, only the dogs would hear me. That bitch. <laughs> but hey ho! <laughs> Well, that feels like a lifetime ago. Doesn't it just? Since that recording in May 2022, we have been on quite the safari. Mm -hmm. We moved to the same street at the same time, at the same age, with the same undiagnosed neurodevelopmental condition. But despite all of the serendipity and the similarities, our ADHD presents completely differently from each other. But make no mistake, it is equally debilitating for us both. Over the course of season one, we used our voices to raise awareness, break the stigma and share our experiences in the hope that they help others. And unbelievably, it worked, leading us to help listeners in almost every country in the world and creating ADHDF live events and an online peer support community, for all of which we're so very grateful. Despite all that, we're still just two rebels with a cause, having a blether from a tiny village on the beach in Aberdeen, Scotland. Two pieces of sea glass washed up on the same shore. Trigger warning. We cover some triggering topics, so please read the description of each episode before listening. 
We're not medical professionals, therapists or coaches. We're not qualified or even emotionally equipped to offer (laughs) advice or support. (laughs) We're only experts by our own experiences, which we share alongside what we discover in these crucial conversations to raise essential ADHD awareness amidst a global crisis. We won't always get it right. We will talk over each other Mm -hmm. and forget the point (laughs) mid-sentence. As we continue to unmask, we're attempting to unashamedly own our own too-muchness. We wear leopard print to our events because the leopard is a symbol of Aberdeen. It also symbolises bravery, courage and the reclaiming of power. Plus, we're a little bit Han. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why it's become the uniform of our leopard print army, our own special camouflage to unite the community. We're called ADHD as females purely for the acronym ADHDAF. Get it? Because we both have a juvenile sense of humour. And we swear like sailors. Sorry, mums. And of course, we're ADHD as... Anyway, this is an inclusive space where all genders are so very welcome. Yes, they are. So join us as we continue to make some serious noise about this misunderstood condition to help others like us alongside raising awareness with a hope to influence systemic change so that those in need can be treated both medically and with the respect they deserve. We continue on this safari because hell hath no fury like two late diagnosed ADHD women. ADHDS females. So we are joined by not one but two very exciting guests today. We are. Um, What are your names, please? Hi, I am Rux. And I'm Rich. And you might know them as... ADHD love. Why would they expect to know us as Rux and Rich? (laughs) They're all the ADHD couple. Oh, sorry. I'm the ADHD wife. And I'm the... (laughs) Husband of the ADHD. That's typically our people. (laughs) Love it, love it. And your location? Uh, We are in Seven Oaks in Kent. And your occupation is like best-selling authors. I heard. Yeah, I I struggle to answer this question now. Well, I have this year because it was it was always so easy. I was like, oh, I work in the bank. I'm a bank manager, but (laughs) I don't know how to answer. Like, is it author? Is it creator? Is it? Entrepreneur, I don't know. Multi hyphenate ADHD extraordinaire couple. Wow, there you go. Put that on the CV. You've got a proper job though as well. Well, is it proper? (laughs) Songwriter? I'd say so. I'd say that's a proper job. It's incredible. Yeah, that's fantastic. And Rich, you also have another platform as well. Yeah, well, I on TikTok mainly one in six, uh, which is raising awareness about child sexual abuse it's something that i went through uh, as a young child a lot of men don't talk about it so it's just kind of bringing that to the forefront really and helping people talk about it it's fantastic you're both doing such amazing work really truly are um but we'll come back to all that sorry i got ahead of myself this is the quick fire round and this is what happens it's never quick fire right every single time every time right (laughs) it's a strong start to a podcast isn't it going straight to child sexual abuse like that's quite (laughs) no deep just get in there straight in there Um, (laughs) so diagnosis status diagnosed adhd Two years ago now, at the grand old age of 36. Mm-hmm. And Rich, you are not ADHD. Oh, no, well, I'm neurotypical. Well, we think I'm neurotypical. Like, we uh, think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll find out one day. If there was, if TBC. There was, we, have, um, we have explored 
that I might be a little dyslexic, but okay. it's, it, that's something whether I kind of choose to go down the path of of, of trying to get a diagnosis or not. Really, I, I really struggle with reading, which was an interesting um, experience when we came to record our book, Dirty Laundry. It was probably the worst yeah, day of my of life. It was awful. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> bloody hell. Um, so. Well, it's earlier, late diagnosed, which we know was late for you, Rox. Yeah. And was your diagnosis easy or traumatic? It was, it was both. Yeah. So the traumatic part is that it, I had to go through so many steps to get there. Yeah. It came at the, it came at the end of a load of other things that were very difficult to do, although incredible for mental health, which was getting sober, then yeah. going, going through a bit of a mental breakdown, which sent me to therapy, working through all the childhood trauma. And when all of that was cleared, then there was this glaring thing left, like, why am I going the wrong way on the train and losing all these headphones? Yeah. Um, I was in the very fortunate position. I was with Rich. It was when he was still at the bank. He had private healthcare where ADHD testing was offered as part of that. So I was able to to do it so that's the part where it's very very it was very easy for me yeah. to go and do when I finally realized that's exactly the same as my experience yeah. I got diagnosed privately through my husband's healthcare because yeah I, I wouldn't have had the money to do it myself actually <laughs> yeah, but yeah um so would you say you are both of you would you say you are can't start or can't stop people wow what I've never had that question before um <laughs> I'm I'm probably can't stop like if I if I commit to something mm -hmm. like I it's sort of inbuilt in me to carry on like even if I hate it it's not adding, like I it's like well I've told myself I'm going to do it so I must do it yeah, yeah. I never got that gene <laughs> <laughs> I'm me either 50 50 of both it's yeah. can't start low motivation tasks like housework or tactics yeah. taxes can't stop creativity and wild yeah. thoughts and impulsive ideas and things like yeah. that yeah absolutely and you're, are you you're like sorry you're like shouldn't start you're like you'll start the things that you haven't got time to do oh yeah shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't yeah. start That's another, another a resin business side quests i like to call them yeah yeah side quests here's yeah. to side quests <laughs> um, and are you can't sleep or can't get up people I used to be can't sleep, can't get up. And now I'm actually can sleep, can get up. Oh, wow. I know I've got like winning at life. That's amazing. I'm, I'm the same. I reckon. Mm. Well, no. Well, I reckon waking up without an alarm clock makes it quite easy to get up because it's like oh, I'm awake. But if back in like when I was being woken up at seven in the morning by an alarm clock I would have definitely said I'm, I'm I can't get up yeah yeah that makes sense over emotional or impassive you go first baby. <laughs> I am over emotional I'm not with the other one you said I'm impassive that. so you yeah, yeah. You, you feel emotions but you tend to keep them inside yeah yeah, yeah. it's about all that balance right texting or talking talking texting <laughs> <laughs> How does this work? Oh my god! <laughs> I love that. Um, books or audiobooks? I love both. 
I probably finish more audiobooks. Yeah. Neither. Neither for me. Yeah. Going out or staying in? Staying, staying in. in. I'm glad you both agree on that one. <laughs> That's a like, good one to agree on, definitely. <laughs> yeah, introverts over 100% introverts. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you cats or dogs, people? Dogs. Dogs. Mm-hmm. And what is your current hyperfocus? <laughs> so mine is, well, I have one long-term one and then I have others that chop and change. So my long-term one is just an interest in psychoanalysis, psychotherapy, psychology, really going deep with different thinkers from Freud to modern time people. I've I've had it for years and years. It kind of came when I started to heal and it's just never gone away. So I'm incredibly annoying in this house, aren't I? Because I'm always (laughs) trying to get him um, and my elder stepkids, um, Seer, to watch like psychological theory documentaries <laughs> with me and like find my level of excitement. Sometimes they will entertain it, sometimes they won't. And then the one that chops and changes, um, I love just coming up with business ideas. I always have. I'm always buying domain names and thinking about things that would be cool. So I'm currently going through one where I'm thinking about designing a calendar that works on energy and not time so I'm coming up with names and I'm designing what it looks like it will probably come to nothing but it's that's the current current interesting yeah love that how about you Rich so mine's not necessarily a hyper focus but it's sort of linked to everything that Rox just said so obviously we're partners but you know, from the start of this year, we're also like business partners. Yeah. Um. So, so my focus, my ongoing focus, is to keep us on track to doing the things that we said we were going to do. Um. Whether that be creating content, whether that be writing the next book, whether that be some other things that we're doing, it's just kind of keeping us on track, which is a full time job when there's a lot of business ideas being presented on a weekly basis new side crests left and right but but the thing is that you can't you can't dismiss them because you know rox is pretty much a creative genius so you have to listen to them all and then sort of jump in the fantasy with her um, and then agree sort of the time frame of when that's going to happen because obviously rox wants to do it immediately yeah Um, actually just something that is really interesting that has really made our lives happier we were at a point when all my business ideas was a bit overwhelming for him because in his brain we don't have time we don't have money we can't do it and I I was like but I need to plan it and do the logo and and get the domain I have to do it so now he just says if he sees I'm excited about something random it could also be an arts and crafts hobby. He yeah. just says, do you want me to jump in the fantasy with you? And I say, That's yes. A good one. And we'll yeah. talk it out and we'll plan it the next day. I'm bored and I've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't have to worry. I'm actually going to go and do it. But I get to go through down that creative rabbit hole with yeah. someone. So that works really well. That's fantastic because it's really identifying like that's how, how you work and how your life works and, and making it work for you. That's wonderful. We think of it like Rox is in charge of the ideas and I'm in charge of the implementation. Like, mm-hmm. and, and and that's, you know, we've we've often said that that's probably why this has worked because ADHD, yeah. ADHD love would have probably been 
five videos and then the account would have never been logged into again if it yeah yeah the, like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah 100 and like you said if you say you're gonna do something you're gonna do it like it's it's what's happening did you so did you go into it with that mindset like well i'll hop onto this but i'm gonna go all the way not what you mean when we started yeah but the, love no yeah, oh my no. god so the story of that i mean it's just adhd 101 um it was recently after i'd be, been diagnosed so i'm in the rabbit hole every podcast every book every TikTok trying to just absorb everything because this is the missing piece of the puzzle of my life identity. Um, And in very classic me style, one night I'm in bed and, um, oh my God, it was actually to do with my period. So I used to have a a bad habit of forgetting that I was going to get my period. That led to some really awkward situations and I would sometimes have to I'm just going there. So, so I hope this no, 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 go right there. There's you no go there. Yeah. to self roll my own tampons made of toilet paper. Yeah. And he knew this about me. And it's obviously one of those like little weird secret things you don't tell anyone because it comes with a lot of shame. Um, but I was starting to remove that shame learning about ADHD. So one night we're, we're lying in bed and he rolls over and basically reminds me like babe it's the week of your period <laughs> have you got a tampon <laughs> in very romantic um and i say yes i do and he says is it a real tampon or a self-rolled one and i say real tampon he says well done and then we were going to go to sleep but my brain went that would make a really cool tiktok wouldn't it um sat up in bed it must have been 11 30 at night said babe we've, we've got to make a tiktok that's just so no one would ever say that there's all this shame we've got to do it he said cool can we do it tomorrow i said no it has to be now <laughs> <laughs> so we you downloaded tiktok we just came up with the name adhds two of us just put love like no thought went into yeah. it whatsoever filmed this thing and then then woke up to quite a lot of views and then that was that. And then we just carried on making it. So, yeah, began From with tampons. tampons to TikTok. Yeah. Tampons <laughs> to TikTok. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fantastic. <laughs> so um, when we talk about getting a late diagnosis, there's the the grief cycle, right? But we say it's more like a roller coaster. But within those five stages of grief, Oof. going backwards and forwards and all over. So you said it was two years for you. Like, where do you think you're at right now? Because I sometimes think it can change daily. yeah how do you feel about your diagnosis are you at acceptance or do you where do you think you're at I'm definitely at acceptance and I actually think creating content every day almost has almost fast-tracked me through that because Mm -hmm. I was having to show the most shameful parts of myself because that was the content so these things I've always hated about myself were suddenly online and people were saying, that's me, that's me. So it just fast tracked me through and I realized I have to, it is an act of ADHD advocacy to live yeah. out loud, warts and all, and just be like, I don't need to change. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah sure. I might not text back. I might forget things, but I've got all these other skills that society doesn't value, but I do. So I feel I'm in an incredibly privileged position whereby 
I was fast tracked. And obviously I live with someone that's been so has gone on his own journey with learning about it, reading about it, changing his whole way of being. So I've kind of had the most wonderful experience. The slightly dark side of it is it hasn't been like that with my family of origin. My dad doesn't believe in ADHD. My stepmom, when I told her, said it was because I was coddled when I was younger. And that was that. And that came with so much pain. Um, yeah. Because that childhood part of you that's always been ignored, shamed, looked at as the problem is desperate for somebody to give kindness. Yeah. So that's that's where the grief comes for me. That's what I'm currently working through in therapy is I don't understand why someone would be so committed to under- misunderstanding yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, seeing me as bad. That's really, I'm really sorry that you experienced that. Like we, we don't really talk about family much, but because we're on a similar, we don't like the word journey, safari, as you, like we've come. Love tra- it, <laughs> being safari. Yeah, we, we don't know, do journeys, we, We've safaris. been living this out in real time. Yeah. And yeah, I very, very much relate and it's very, very painful. Um, but what we do say when people have spoken to us about it is that quite often, and I don't want to put, I don't know the people that you're talking about, but quite often when people are so resistant to it, that is really more about them, isn't it? Because the fact is, it's not, and that's not to say it doesn't hurt you because my God, it absolutely does. But the fact that there might be some insinuation that either they didn't do a very good job at, at looking at what you were going through in, in your youth, but also about themselves. It could be quite confronting, yeah. Like they they might have something that they've hidden and then it's almost like you're you're shaking it up aren't you you're you're talking about this thing that they've tried to hide and not even look at in themselves but it's um it's a horrible 100%. thing it's a horrible 100%. thing i'm so glad I, that you have rich to support you cuz that that changes everything yeah he's like everything i i could ever have wanted needed and Stop more it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because my mum passed away when I was 22 she was the complete opposite she was super kind she would have been reading all the books and figuring out and asking what help she could do so I've like I've lost that person that would have like gone to bat for me and really cared which must be extremely difficult yeah yeah it it was and it led it led to a horrendous 20s yeah Um, alcohol addictions relationship problems sex problems like I there wasn't a stone unturned in messing up my life that I didn't go rooting yeah. under. Yeah. Um, but it feels very restorative because I I get that love from Rich and with the stepkids and it and it goes two ways as well. And it's just it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I think both both things can be true. It can be very painful yeah. and wonderful. And you know, in terms of parents, I think it's something we don't talk about a lot because there's so much shame blood's thicker than water don't talk about your family but I'm I'm the complete opposite of that now because they have their actions have brought so much shame I know it's about their story yeah it'll be about their upbringings their parents shame and guilt I get it it's tough and my life decisions you know I was closer to my dad when I was an alcoholic yeah uh, and I was 40 grand in debt on my ass with broken relationships because that I worked in the family dynamic. I was kind of the scapegoat. They yeah. could feel good about Same. themselves. Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I and then I got sober and I felt that we weren't closer. And then I started to do well at work. And 
I felt that distance and the confusion of like, why aren't you proud of me? Why did you love me more when I was depressed? Is really confronting. Yeah. Um, however, it's very important work. And I think we have to talk about it because yeah. in my life, that's the one thing. It's it's the darkest emotions I have to confront is yeah. my lack of acceptance from my family. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rich, going back to you, when rocks, I, I assume that you came to Rich and said, oh, I think I've got ADHD. I'm going to investigate. What was your kind of first thoughts of this? What was your knowledge surrounding ADHD? Uh, so, so, it, so nothing. Um, I, I remember really quite vividly, actually, like Rox had sort of gone down a hyper-focused rabbit hole of when she was researching and is this me, is this me, is this me? And obviously you've got really easy access to it for, via social media. And so you can all of a sudden feel less alone um in in today's in today's world and we know that from from adhd love um and she was she watched this particular kind of content creators videos and then just started crying and was like and then all of a sudden like my phone just kept beeping like sending me videos like this is me 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 this is my story and i could i could really see it so my my knowledge was was nothing um but actually when she then you know, went on this journey, went and got diagnosed. There's a, it really helped me. And and just to speak into the the partner's experience, um, one clearly I wanted to understand um what ADHD was, how it impacted rocks for rocks, but actually I wanted to for me as well because it made sense of a lot of the behaviours that rocks. You know, all of a sudden it wasn't that she didn't care about me or she was being disrespectful or she would forget my birthday on purpose because she's spiteful or she would zone out when we were having conversations. These things are a part of a condition that she can't help. So it really helped change my perspective. And we get a lot of, we get a lot of kind of our followers say, and it's really sad that, oh, my relationship broke down because of my ADHD. And I, and I get it. Like it's not, it's not okay, but I get why, the lack of understanding would would break down relationships yeah I, I truly get it and and so it's quite it's quite interesting when people kind of say this learning journey that i've been on is for rocks of course it is but actually probably more so it's for it's for me in the relationship yeah yeah absolutely because that's exactly it the awareness and the understanding of you know potentially potentially hurtful behaviors as symptoms is like to view everything through a completely different lens you know and that's not to say that sometimes the things that happen you don't you wish they didn't but you know to actually be able to understand it and not take it as as a knock that's it and that understanding can give you so much light as well because it makes you understand that you know Oh, that wasn't meant as a mean gesture, yeah, or that or a... that wasn't her being horrible to me. That's just something that's happened because of her symptoms of her condition, and actually, she really cares. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And, there's, and there's a, there's a huge difference, isn't there, between I am hurt by this situation or I am hurt by you, and there's there's real difference. Yeah. In, in in that, hundred oh, percent, and we speak about it really honestly um in the first book actually that i don't know whether we would have made it through because some of the arguments we had when we didn't have the language 
they weren't arguments we'd done too much therapy for shouting but some of the like <laughs> yeah. very mild little disagreements and you know let's say it was me <clears throat> I once forgot our anniversary after he had reminded me numerous times and I'd said I've got it I've got this great idea and then I forgot and that really hurt you and you showed me that you were hurt I met that with like defensiveness because I knew I hadn't done it on purpose but I knew I'd pissed him off so I'm defensive that made you feel not cared about I feel misunderstood like that can really play out in some very difficult ways and I think people can end up losing relationships or not living in the full capacity of like intimacy and understanding. One one thing which has this like phrase that has changed the game in our house, which is curiosity, not judgment when yeah. he looks mm. at me. Because I have felt judged my whole life. Why are you late? Why don't you care? Why are you disrespectful? What's wrong with you? Why can't you get over it? Etc under so much judgment from others, self-judgment, of course, being incredibly powerful. He chooses now to opt for curiosity. So if he sees me doing something that doesn't make sense, whether I've forgotten something or said I'm going to do something and I'm not doing it, rather than eye rolling, oh, you're doing that again, it's, oh, I noticed you haven't done this. What's going on? Mm -hmm. And over time, that invitation to safe environment and safe communication has allowed me to unmask. And what often comes out is I've got 10 things to do and I don't know where to start. So I'm just sat here doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have a look at your to-do list? Sure. I think that one makes sense. Cool. Off I go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Off I go. And just that space that's created for allowed me, the real me, has been a very quiet, hidden voice to come out and speak, have someone be kind to it, it is the most healing thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. incredible. I think um, when you, like, sometimes I'm aware that I'll be doing things and I'm not sure why I'm doing it. It won't be till I look back and reflect. It's just like, oh, I shouldn't have been doing that. So it's almost like you have that extra person there that's that's being that questioning for you when you are doing something that's maybe slightly out of character or or n- unusual or whatever it is you've got that person saying oh what's what's going on here rather yeah, than how do, how do we get here rather than you going down that path of destruction or whatever it's going to lead absolutely so are you both sober can I ask yeah and we did are, you yes. start that together so I started a bit earlier so I am oh my gosh five years five years oh wow uh, in in September so just coming up to five years and you're over three just over three yeah I was three years in June just gone that's amazing congrats that's wonderful how did you did you do that off your own just wanting to do it or did you have support with that or is that so for me it was I knew I knew that alcohol had become a problem and I can look back now and see that I was self-medicating the anxiety and the shame and the disconnection of from my family. It makes so much sense. But at the time, I was just like a crazed party girl. Um, it had become a problem probably in my late 20s. I had times when I would try and stop for dry January and I'd make it two weeks in. And yeah then would be back to it and it I was always renowned for being the first one at the bar buying everybody drinks life and soul of the party but privately it just got darker and darker and darker yeah all of all of my 
worst decisions and that involved cheating on partners that involved spending all of my money in casinos on nights out and getting evicted from flats like really behavior that was very bad behavior that I would never want to do now yeah um chaos relationship after chaos relationship and I think eventually I just had enough it was I was going through the breakdown of another relationship at 34 I was just so frustrated that I couldn't get a handle on my life. All of my dreams in music felt so far away, like it was too late for me. Um, and I, yeah, made the decision to stop. I walked into my first recovery meeting, September the 14th, 2018. And that was the shame removal. It was the first time the chokehold of shame kind of started to lift when I walked this woman's only meeting and just these wonderful women telling me it was okay. And I burst out in, in tears and they tell their stories. I I told mine and I, I never looked back. I just continued going. And um, that journey then led me to therapy that led yeah. me to him, that led me to here. So it, yeah. it really sobriety for me was the cornerstone of the healing safari. Yay, the yeah. healing safari. <laughs> that's amazing. That's such an amazing story. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like community really is everything. Like to, to be in the trenches with somebody who actually completely gets it, and, you know, has been on a similar path. That's like so, so, so powerful. Yeah. Um, And you, Rich? Mine's a, a little bit different, actually. So I've got, well, as Rox has, but I've got a couple of addictions under my under my belt. Um, but the main one for me that caused the most hurt was actually gambling. So, oh. um, I I had lost, you know, I was staying up all night on online slots. It was um, and losing just tens and tens of thousands of pounds. Oh, not that I had, not that I had it. It was credit cards in the end. Like I, fi- I physically couldn't. I physically couldn't stop. And I was sort of trying to get a handle on that poorly. Um, obviously drinking every day as well, just to sort of numb any pain that I would potentially feel. And and I think it was meeting rocks that got me really curious about the re- the recovery yeah. kind of scene, really. Um and my first meeting was a gamblers anonymous meeting. Um and I, you know, I'll never I'll never forget the day for the rest of my life just this uncontrollable just floods of tears and mm. shame and there were some really just behaviors that you know I would I was so sort of addicted to the slots I would be doing it whilst driving Bloody with um. my with my daughter sitting in the back yeah. and it was like these behaviors are just like I'm I'm like I I would like to consider myself as a good man and I'm doing these things um and just telling that story in a group of people and not being judged yeah. and 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 you know the acceptance in the community it was like it was a life changing moment for me and one of the one of the kind of biggest phrases i got from from the recovery meet, meetings was about the shame of it and the difference between i may I'm a person that's done bad things or I'm yeah. a bad person. And it was really just changing that, 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 that concept. And then I decided at that moment that I was going to, you know, continue with the meetings, stop drinking, stop anything that I was addicted to. Um, and yeah, that was, that was over three years ago now. That's and, amazing. And, and, amazing. Well done. 
That's incredible. The day that you decide to do it is just so daunting, but that, you know, the phrase of one day at a time is the the famous phrase in the, in, in the meetings. Um, and now it, yeah, it just gets easier and easier. Like I don't intend to go out and drink today or gamble. Um, but you know, to that, that decision today is a lot easier than maybe three years ago. Yeah. 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 That's really wonderful. Congrats to both of you. Yeah, That's amazing. Incredible. This is a quick interruption from the future. It's Laura here. I just wanted to let you know that Dawn stepped down from the podcast to give her all to her degree in October 23. She explains all in the series two episode called It's Always Darkest Before the Dawn. From that point, I continue ADHDF solo and I'm about to start the third UK tour, which will actually be the last of this nature. I would love to meet you in real life at Alien Nation. The ADHDF live events are to connect local ADHDers, raise ADHD awareness, and they start in April 2024 and finish in July in Scotland and England. Undiagnosed ADHD made me feel alienated from society. The shows featuring very special guests from the podcast explore going from feelings of alienation to discovering an alien nation tickets are available via the link in the blurb of this episode also via the link in bio on adhdaf podcast instagram i really hope to see you at these totally unique events the last ever adhdf tour of this nature self-diagnosis valid no diagnosis necessary and i invite you to encourage the people in your life that need to learn more about adhd from a late diagnosed perspective to come along adults only all genders welcome if you'd like to come but you feel nervous about coming along please don't just let me know and I will arrange for a welcome party to greet you at the door and seat you with others just like you I don't want you to miss out on the last hurrah so grab tickets whilst they last and come hang with the gang in real life if undiagnosed ADHD made you feel like an alien you are not alone there's a whole planet of us if you can't make any of the live events or you would like to connect online sooner come and join us in the planet ADHD AF peer support community via the link in the description to chat to myself and a whole load of other like-minded legends the world over on discord and zoom membership includes body doubling accountability squads self-care club monthly advice from an adhd coach blogs vlogs behind the scenes content exclusives and discounts on all merch downloadables and events tickets i really hope to chat to you soon either online in the planet adhdf peer support community or in real life at the alien nation tour big love What has changed for you both since diagnosis? Oh, everything for me. Everything. The way that I understand myself on a core level is probably the deepest thing. So I've lived under the assumption that I am a broken, terrible, lazy, useless, good-for-nothing person that will always eventually let you down. Yeah. And that will never achieve my potential. Yeah just I've walked under that for so many years and I have been able to take that off and when you remove the core belief that you are fundamentally broken and a loser and pointless and unlovable shock horror life becomes a lot more wonderful to live yeah so there's just been this self-esteem and self-worth that I've never had that throughout this understanding I'm able to build because the struggles that have made me stand out, feel broken, now have a name. And the name isn't 
you're a useless piece of shit. The name is you have ADHD. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's way nicer. It's it's changed how I show up at work, how I create myself, believe myself, talk, how I am in relation with you, how I am as a step parent, everything. So I'm I'm so passionate about people knowing. And I get upset when people say, oh, it's not real. It's getting diagnosed <sighs> too much. I'm like, piss off. Piss off. If you had lived with this and hated yourself at such a deep level and then found out there was a reason for it, like yeah. it is life-saving. Completely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, we're very happy to be in the kind of awareness category. Absolutely. How do I follow that? Um, <laughs> so, so I think, you know, I, I've touched on it earlier. I think my experience has definitely changed since Rox's diagnosis and it and 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 it's not just Rox's diagnosis you can choose as the neurotypical you can choose to be skeptical or like go into it and really understand and find out and 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 research and and go on your own learning safari I suppose which (laughs) which I did and that has really helped um but and also I think it would be remiss not to mention that because of the sorts of characters we are, because we're both sober, because Rox got diagnosed, we were able to build the community and the platform that we built. And actually that, forget the number of followers, forget, you know, the, the book success and stuff like that. The people that stop us and say, thank you, yeah. you have, you like, you have changed my life and start crying is, it's really humbling. Like, it's quite a special thing to be part of um and have you know had a part in creating because it's it's like it's real life change right it's incredible actually having an impact on people so absolutely something that really helps me now like now it's very natural just give someone a hug let them cry yeah yeah hear them out say say thank you and I can really feel the embodiment of like yeah I'm so glad that we got to reach you before it would oh no not me I don't yeah this phrase I I was gonna say read it in a book probably seen it on TikTok (laughs) people that struggle to receive compliments or any kind of good feedback breathe and receive so your immediate anxiety just want to go no no not me just Take a deep breath, listen to it, and just receive it. Yeah. It's okay to be told that you've helped someone, that yeah. you've saved somebody's life. It, in fact, that's the best compliment you could ever receive. Yeah. So just ever. stand in the humility and the strength of, of that, that you've come so far, you've created something so powerful that you get to reach another human being on that level. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, like, you are reaching so many people with your music. Like, you have such strong powerful important messages that you are putting out there like it must be you must get that all the time times a million yeah it it is um it's been quite new for me because my my first gig was last year yeah my first tour was this year at the wonderful age of 38 that's amazing Amazing. and it's just so cool because for so many years I told myself it's too late you've missed a chance you're a loser and I'm like I'm not oh my god it was all wrong um but on this this tour in particular um the amount of people that I I tried to meet everybody after the show sometimes it wasn't possible because the news wouldn't let me um but just to hug so many people to hear so many stories of 
pain that there's a lot of neurodivergence in my fan base for music but also I sing a lot about um, emotional abuse I sing a lot about family issues and so I have a lot of people who have are the scapegoats of their family who've been shamed screamed at hit abused um, and just see the weight that they are carrying that what that does to you just twisted and in turmoil inside and we get to be in that together. I think one of the the core feelings that I that I express in my music is isolation. How yeah. isolated being the problem child can make you feel. Yeah. And to find a community through isolation. Yeah. It speaks to the very core of the problem. So it's it's kind of yeah, it's kind of wonder, wonderful to be able to do that. It's yeah. so wonderful. It's amazing. Pev, you're amazing. I know. And it's also like debunking those stereotypes and stuff that, oh, you're too old to do this and you shouldn't yeah. be doing that and, and all the rest of it. Like, I love that. You're just doing it. It's and- incredible. <laughs> yeah, it took, it took, it's taken a lot of work. I think even when we first met, I was still under a lot of shame. I don't want to play my songs. Don't listen to that. I'm stupid. I'll never make it. I'm too old. I'm an embarrassment. What do my friends think of me? Just obsessed with making myself feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. Mm. And through therapy, through desperately trying to get a bit of self-love, through the safari, you just chip away at it. And yeah. I'm I'm on the other side. I'm like, this is great. This That's is quite amazing. easy. I, I think from the outside in though as well, I've, I've actually never said this to you. So you're <gasps> live on Exclusive. the but, but I think one of the biggest changes for you also was TikTok because when you were just on Instagram, there was a lot of friends, family members, colleagues and stuff like that. Whereas when you really started connecting to people on TikTok, it was like, shit, I don't care what other people think. Yeah. Fans that I've got, like that's really connecting with. And and then it really kind of built, well, it seemed to, it really sort of built that sense Mm of, wow, this is that I don't I don't care about anything else. This is the amount of people that I'm connecting with. There's yeah. a big wide world as opposed to just this. It's that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think when if you have a difficult family situation, you I felt like always the outsider, always never enough, always have to prove my worth, always have to people please. Mm. You're never gonna like violently go after your own dreams because nobody that's not people pleasing anybody but myself. So to go through that switch, and I think you're right, when I when I wrote had my first viral thing on TikTok, it was a song called Psychological War. It was about emotional abuse I'd gone through with a family member. And suddenly there's these thousands of comments and they were my reason. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Maybe I'm still people pleasing. I'm gonna people please you by telling <laughs> my truth. And but it's so much better than being wound in that web of what family and friends think yeah like you have to go deep within yourself find who you really are and then you will attract yeah those people your true community yeah absolutely do you think it's kind of like disconnecting yourself from the people that are right there almost helps because like I always say like I've sang in bands over the years and I always say like I'd rather sing in front of a million people than four people that I know yeah or you know, it's like being on TikTok, probably there's less people that you're you're close to on TikTok. Yeah. It was more about the strangers that you've never actually met. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I actually did it 
under a different name. I started a TikTok. I didn't tell anybody about it. Yeah. It was a secret. So I was away from the judgmental eyes of others. Obviously, there's going to be elements of the ADHD rejection sensitivity yeah. dysphoria that I think yeah. everybody hates me. So I had to go away and do it in secret. And actually, I see so much of it in the creative industries with friends, artists, songwriters that I work with who are not showing up as big as I know that they can. Yeah. Because Fear they're of on judgment. friends and yeah. families. Like, go and start another one. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. So it's Fuck like more. going yeah. off and being yourself in a place where no one knew you allowed you to then essentially unmask. 100%. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that's really amazing. Um, So obviously you you were diagnosed privately, but obviously, as you know, there are so many people that are on unimaginable, never-ending waiting lists, really struggling, you know, even to, to get that far. If you could wave a magic wand and change the current diagnostic process in the UK, what would you do? Oh, well, it would be... First of all, people being believed when they walk in and say, this is really resonating with me. We, of course, there's some brilliant stories, brilliant doctors who go to bat for you, but so often it's not that. It's judgment. It's, are you sure? I don't think it is. It doesn't seem that serious, especially with women. So to just have people lean into curiosity, not judgment, and then to just cut the waiting lists to make it easier. The fact that you can jump on in two weeks and get it done privately and find out within a couple of days, that should be accessible to everybody because it's it's so urgent to know on a core level. Yeah. And um, we know that the suicide rate is higher, for example, with people with ADHD. Yeah. Why is it not an urgency to let people know? Because it allows you to totally re-understand, reformulate your life and become, I guess, a happier member of society, which yeah. like ultimately is a good thing for all of us. And yeah, just for anybody waiting, just to say, I'm so sorry if, if you're waiting and not being believed, coming up against problems. But I also believe that we know ourselves deeply. We know ourselves well. If you're reading books, researching, following therapists, of course, some of the ADHD awareness accounts as well um it's okay if that stuff helps you yeah absolutely to follow it you, you like it's okay to be part of that community and there can be a lot of shaming self-diagnosis um, is valid yeah. and it has to be in the in a broken yeah. system it has to be you know well you wouldn't you wouldn't go to the doctors without self-diagnosing yeah exactly anything has it's the first step yeah, yeah. People kind of gatekeeping, life-saving mental health. I think we find that very difficult when we yeah. read that in the comments. Yeah, absolutely. Rich, are you waving your wand? What's it, what you, What's your magic? Do, I don't know whether you noticed, but Rox was actually waving her wand. She knocked my microphone about three <laughs> times during that monologue. <laughs> you know monologue. what? I didn't. I was, was zoned in. <laughs> <laughs> she was waving her wand. Yeah, I, I think obviously you know, agree with everything Rox has said. I think if I had a magic wand, I would just, I would change so many people's just assumptions about yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we get it. For, if we have particular viral videos, it obviously gets into the parts of the social media of the haters that, and you get loads of comments, this isn't real, it's fake, tension-seeking, blah, 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 blah. And it's just, 
it always it always just comes from the uneducated, oh, I good, guess, of course. Or, or the people that haven't that haven't been bothered to 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 learn and find out, so they make their own assumptions. I would want to change that rhetoric in the world. It would take a pretty big wand, but I would. That's what I would. Yeah. Want to do, yeah. Oh. I've just thought of one. Yeah, yeah. Ones. You can't. You, your one. <laughs> this is a big one, I think, which I use the phrase ADHD. I love it. It's been the doorway to walk through to understanding myself in a kind way. And I've got all the language. What I don't necessarily love is the stigma that comes with it. It's called a disorder. And we're the outsiders and neurotypical way is the right way. If I had a wand, I would make it so it was just, it it wasn't a disorder. You were just a different neurotype and that that was great too. Like we live in this world where the assumption is that the neurotypical way of doing things is the only respectable adult actual way. And anything else, you're either lazy or let down, disrespectful or you've got ADHD. Why do you get to say that your way is the best yeah. way? Because I live and love and it's wonderful and it's colourful and it's up and down and I have wonky ways of doing things and they're brilliant. Why Why can't that just yeah. be a way of Absolutely. being rather than a disorder? Obviously, it's going to take some time to get there, but I'd love to yeah. see that. You can just be... You can just be who you are yeah. and be accepted and not yeah. judged. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, with ADHD, what would you say is your greatest struggle? I think therapy has really helped with the um, kind of self-esteem, the communication, the boundary setting, that stuff. But it doesn't help with the constant forgetfulness yeah the constant creativity, even the RSD stuff like that's, that's still really loud and clear. Like nothing's ever really chipped away at those things. Um, so my, I guess my main tool is just accepting it, just accepting it. I'm going to lose things. I'm probably not going to be on time. I'm probably going to forget things and I will fight my hardest not to. Yeah fall into a yeah. shame that's that's yeah. my work what about you rich what would you say your biggest struggle is with coping with a partner who has adhd um so yeah i was i was quietly pondering about <laughs> to answer that question and, and i think um still and i think it always will be um is because we are two very different brain types if i've got a plan for the day and we've got things to do um, and rocks. Obviously, her mind is, you know, her, her her way of doing things is either urgency based or interest based. If there's something that isn't particularly interesting to her, she won't yeah. want to do it. And that will be a bit of a struggle. But it's not. And I suppose the difference is, is yes, that's a struggle for me. But also me being the way that I am will equally be a struggle for her. Like, I'm like, we need to do this. And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> I don't want to. It's boring. So, so, so both are just as valid oh, as yeah. each other. But my, my, but, but, but that's my struggle is that it's sometimes quite difficult to get her to do the things that she has previously committed to when she was in a different yeah. frame of mind. You just need to learn. We all know how- that struggle. <laughs> yeah. You need to learn how to make those boring things fun, right? 
With every yeah. task that must yeah, be done. It's <laughs> an element of fun. Yeah. Um, I wanted to really quickly touch on something. I've done it already. This will be like the third time I've gone like full blown, not nice chat. Um, Obviously, you've spoken quite a lot about self-harm because obviously, statistically speaking, ADHDers are more prone to that. And it's not something that we actually hear that much about. And I'm guessing that that is the massive shame element that you are removing through your music, through being visible, through talking about it. Would you be able to share for anybody that is listening it's not something we've talked about before, how you've coped with that, how you've come through that or what helps you. Absolutely. And I didn't know the statistic about it being more common in people with ADHD, but it absolutely makes sense when part of the struggle is emotional regulation. And that's essentially what self-harm is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I've recently been revisiting it with my therapist and something she has said is it is the disease of the chronically invalidated and that Mm. really resonated with me it began in my teenage years it carried on through my 20s and the last time I did it was in my early 30s which is not the kind of person you imagine to be hurting themselves with a fork from the kitchen drawer but it was and it was Always when I was drunk and something would have triggered huge amounts of emotional dysregulation. This could be a family fallout, a relationship breakdown or something shameful I had done. The bubbling rage and shame in my body was too much. I had no tools whatsoever to, to ever deal with them. I, I didn't learn. I came from a family of silence and shame whatever you do, don't talk about the real things. Yeah. So it's kept inside. So my way of, it would bubble over and my way of doing that would be to hurt myself. Um, A lot of the scars I had have healed or they've been covered in tattoos. There's a couple of my legs that haven't. And I, I can remember very clearly, I forget why I walked in a room, but I remember these things very clearly. One was when I was 18 and I'd found out my mum had cancer there was no support. There was no conversation. I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't make sense of it. Um, so that's where that one came from. And one was after a relationship breakdown in my late 20s. And the older I got, the more shame it came with. Yeah. Because I'd wake up and just think, oh, my God, what have I done? This is so embarrassing. I'm an adult. What am I doing? I need to hide this. I need to wear long sleeves. I need to make sure my partner doesn't see my legs. And it was a a horrendous thing to go through. And I feel so far away from that now, like the thought of hurting myself, not only in a more classic self-harm, but also destroying relationships, getting into fights, um, binge eating cycles, sex addiction. Those those things are also self-harm. Absolutely. Um, I just, I feel so far away and... I think if somebody is stuck in that cycle, it's really important to know that it makes sense. Yeah. You are doing it because there's a massive amount of emotional dysregulation that you don't have the tools to cope with. You probably haven't had the kindness and compassion with your emotions that you need to learn to process them outwards rather than inwards. And it can get better, whether that's with a therapist um, or with a support group. 
once you start putting words to your story, learning breathing techniques. For me, I do this funny nose breathing, um, eight in this side, eight in that side. That can bring me down from a, yeah. from a trigger. So I mm. choose that. So I choose that now. So yeah, yeah. That's appreciate wonderful. appreciate the chance to talk about it because it's it's not something we often say out loud. No, absolutely. It's really fantastic that you're using your lived experience to raise awareness about it. Yeah, it really is. Like like you say, we all, well, I can't speak for everyone, we both have self-harmed just in very different ways, yeah. you know, and it is that. Um, what I did want to ask you, sorry, my brain's going like that. What That's I did fine. want to ask you is about RSD. Like, how do you cope? Because I, I'm, I'm scared of TikTok, to be honest. We'd have done a lot more on TikTok if I wasn't afraid of it. I feel like that's where people can be really, really mean. Like, how do you cope with that? I, in terms of online, I don't read any of it. Don't care. No. <laughs> well, I, I used to care. It used to really upset me. And then I was like, I don't like reading comments that say, I look like an ugly man or I'm, I'm an attention seeking bitch. So I'm just not going to. <laughs> So Sorry, I don't I'm only laughing because why do people do no, it? No, it's brilliant. Why it, would it's you bother? Ridiculous. It's brilliant. It's... Oh, people are, people are sad and angry and I, I understand. <laughs> so actually, Rich's dad um, does a lot of help with our social media and will show us, show us lovely comments. Oh, could you go and reply to them? And he'll block anyone that's mean. So anyone sending a, abuse... There is a real, there is a real sense of joy actually that comes from from the hate, like because some of these people are so creative with their hate. Oh yeah, it's (laughs) taken them time and effort to think of this, and obviously they've done it and they're waiting for the reply. And from day one, our like policy, if you want, for want of a better word, has just been block and delete. And like it feels so good because I think of them sitting there going, "Oh shit." <laughs> They're waiting for a response. They've done yeah. that because they want a response. That's and so if- funny. Lock in. See ya. It's, it's, it's so freeing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of online, it isn't there. So if you you know, first when you join TikTok, of course you're trying to read everything, reply to people. But if you do do more TikTok, I would strongly advise block and delete. Like yeah. This is this is my house online. If you were yeah. in my actual house, you'd be kicked out. So you're going to be yeah, my house, my rules, absolutely. And the um, thing, the thing is, it's impossible to keep up with it all anyway. Like with TikTok, it's such a huge platform, and videos can. Well, we've we've had one viral video. We've had one one viral video, and I'm so glad because it took me about six hours to make that. <laughs> it was to do with the parliamentary debate about ADHD yeah, and autism, ADHD. and um, so we, well, I say we, Laura. <laughs> all the work and she put it on tiktok and this thing you know it, it, went, off. it went off and yeah. um i was trying to read some of the comments and reply to them but i'm just like it's impossible there's too many there's too many yeah. there's too many yeah um but i think it's funny and it's it's frustrating because i don't really get affected as much by comments and stuff online because i can kind of detach myself from it almost and so if someone's comment it's it's like when I did a did a, a random post, one one random post, Laura's done like eight hundred. <laughs> but when I, I when I did one random post, because this is my problem, I can't start and I can't get them done. Or when I do do them, I worry so much about making it good enough for Laura. That's the only person I care about in this whole situation. I don't want to fuck it up for her. Which sounds like I'm some kind of but no, but bully or boss. I'm not. But that would be in, <laughs> that would be in any situation where I'm doing anything yeah. for anyone. I care about the 
person I have direct contact with. Yeah. And then someone said to me, oh, yeah, it's scary doing a, a post, especially when you've got 20,000 followers. And I was like, oh. I genuinely didn't think of the followers once. Like yeah. it didn't even occur to me that there was twenty thousand people. Mind. It's yeah, not people. It's, it's not real it's life in number. front of me. So it's like that thing with stage fright as well. Like I'm always, I I get the fear directly in front of people because you, you could have that instant feedback. You could have someone say something mean to you and horrible to you to your face, and that. You, like it's the confrontation of that that's hard to handle. Whereas you you struggle with with the 20,000 people that yeah it's a nuance it's the it's the have I because I'm chronically misunderstood (laughs) have I said that clear as day enough that nobody could read something another meaning in the words that I've put out and I'll read and I'll think oh okay and if they say this this is how I'll come back to it but you know what I have got a lot better and I've really come to a bit of a place now where I'm just a bit like yeah like, I know what we're doing is good. Yeah. And if we somehow manage to upset somebody, I, I could face it anyway, you yeah. know? 100%. I think there's something really powerful in that, in that you have got better by doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, with, with RSD stuff, that's what you have to do. You have to show up, scared shitless, and do yeah. it. And eventually it will get easier. I, I think as well, something that you said is, really resonates with me it's about it's the people you care about yeah um so so I'm better now with you know the haters and the trolls block and delete move on but I still live in incredible amounts of inner turmoil about whether my friends have decided to dislike me or if I've tapped yeah. on to a kind of text or if I release a song and it doesn't go massive does the producer now hate me it's a pretty constant bubble of waiting for somebody to realize that they don't like me yeah. um, I know I know where that comes from I've connected that back of course to where it all comes from family of origin so I can rationally understand it um the closest person to me as a kid did struggle with liking me so of course I'm gonna assume that on everything out here in the world yeah um but knowing it rationally and f- like it, how it feels it. yeah so I'm I'm still I'm still coming up against that one. Um, Even I have it with my own therapist. I told her a story and it was really vulnerable and it was something really deep, something I I thought I'd done was terrible. And when I left the session, my thought was, I've shared too much. She's going to hate me. She's going to think I'm stupid. She's going to not want to see me again. Shared too much with your therapist. therapist. I know. Like it runs, it runs deep. I'm going today and I'm talking about it. So, you know, maybe one day it shifts, but just, saying it out loud being able yeah. to have a, ch- a chat like this it just helps to show us that a lot of us are fighting these battles inside mm-hmm. of yeah feeling inherently dislikable um and it's okay to put yeah. words to that absolutely yeah. that's amazing um so what would you like our listeners to know um this is your space to convey whatever message or messages that you would like them to know and i mean predominantly as we said they're either on a waiting list, just been diagnosed, or perhaps ADHD curious. So on the safari, what would you like people to know? You want me to answer first? You want to give that one some thought? Um, <laughs> I think I can obviously answer it from the perspective as as the partners or or, or the parents or, or someone like that. And, and I think we touched on it. And it's just one bit of advice that we've said before in this podcast, but it's 
curiosity not judgment if if like as if if you love somebody with adhd if you adopt that principle it will not only help them but it will help you as well drastically that's probably that's my two pence worth that's so powerful isn't it, it it's is honestly so it's so powerful. amazing we are going to say that all the time and we will quote you every time because yeah. that is incredible <laughs> yeah we love that one and um, from me it would be that you're not broken you're not a burden and you you deserve to be understood and you deserve support and that on the other side of understanding and support can be a life beyond your wildest dreams yeah Yeah. so often we've had to turn down the volume of our dreams because we can't envisage a world where we make it or where we deserve it but when you take somebody with adhd and you support the needs that this thing causes you to have that can allow you to really self-actualize to reach your potential both in personal life and in professional life as well so just the lens that you have at the moment might not be true you might be looking through a bit of a shit colored lens at yourself and changing that will change your entire life absolutely amazing i man i managed to suck in through the eyeballs i've got I've, i don't know why that is a cry every time it's the word burden you got me with the word burden i was like fuck that's that's such a thing isn't it it's like taking up space and i'm in the way and sorry for existing sorry for breathing it's it's yeah. that's a big word burden but that is yeah that is really sound advice and that's what we always say is like it is completely new chapter of your life like you're still you but it's like this brand new chapter with completely different language in it everything it's like a a whole new bit yeah it's like being given a new life that you didn't know was possible for yourself yeah yeah a hundred percent with we're writing our second book at the moment and i i was trying to describe that in like a booky way (laughs) try and get like an image for it and i said there was this image of when you find out it's ADHD, it's like this door that says ADHD and you can walk through it. And on the other side is support, acceptance, all this language to describe yourself. But so many of us don't even feel worthy to walk through. Yeah. So it, can, it can be right in front of you. Look, it makes sense. This is you. And you'll stand there going, it's not actually me. Mm. I'm faking it. I haven't got ADHD. I am actually broken. Just walk through the, the door. The imposter syndrome has given you the wrong yeah. keys, right? So you're there the scrubbing. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I do keep hitting it. <laughs> walk through the door, accept the new life. Like, life is too short to shame yourself constantly. Yeah. Yes. That goes for other people. If other people are shaming you, get rid of them. Yeah. Well. Get rid. Absolutely. I was, I was recording a video the other day that I've still not done because this is the third take of the video for, you know, the thing. But um, I was speaking about the doors in a, in a slightly different sense in that I feel like my ADHD diagnosis just opened a door of possibilities. Mm. But like that door was completely sealed shut yeah. with a big sign on it saying Dawn will never walk through this door. Yeah. And now Oof. that door has just opened up and it's like, fuck. Yeah. I didn't think that I was ever capable of any of those things. Yeah. Even though, and this was this is the the frustrating part because it's like, wait a minute, but I I am capable. It's just that I didn't have the belief that I could act out on these capabilities. Because it's le- it's like it's like Wox is saying, it's letting go of the shame. Yeah. And then that's where the possibilities lie. Yeah, isn't that gorgeous yeah. though that yeah. you you had all these dreams and these things that you had gone, no, not for me. I never be good that. enough. 
And now you're like, yes, fuck yeah. Let's go. Like that's <laughs> unstoppable so force. It's it's the return of hope. Yeah. And that just changes somebody's life when you can start hoping for yourself again yeah. for a better life, wonderful life, achievements. Oh, it's something so, so special. And so many of us had to dull that hope because we yeah. kept coming up against problems and rejections. So to be able to just, I'm so glad you got to just claim that back and just yeah. go up. Yeah. That's what life's about. Amazing. Um, shall we talk about the book for a minute or the books? Tell us about what you're doing. Um, so we're starting book two. Obviously, book one blew our minds. It it became a bestseller. We could not have imagined that. It was the craziest day. Massive congrats. I know, that's incredible. It's also full of stories, you know, about me rolling my own tampons and things like that. So it was also like, wow, yeah. we're going there with the shame reduction. <laughs> yeah. And I have to be okay with that. Um, it's just been... It's been so wonderful to see it in people's hands and yeah. have people spend that time with us because you can you can do so much in a 30-second video, but in 30,000 words, you can speak to the core. So, yeah, we're starting book two. We were good three chapters in when I decided to throw it all away and start again because we were writing a book about um, – kind of achieving your potential with ADHD which is really important it's the return of hope and it's going after your dreams and all the wonky ways we do it but as we were we conduct kind of research on Instagram stories we ask people questions and then allow that to feed into what we we speak to and I was working on this chapter on identity and I asked the question what are some of your core beliefs and 5,000 replies came back. I put them all in a spreadsheet and it is, I just burst into tears when I was reading through the amount of horrible things ADHD people are living with. The top one mm. is no matter what I do, I will never be good enough. Yeah. yeah. I am a burden. Everybody secretly hates me. I'm lazy. I don't have ADHD. I'm an imposter. I will never achieve my potential. And I will always let everybody down in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And they just hit something really deep within me. So after we read that, I sort of had the ADHD impulsive idea to throw away the book about living your dreams. There's a place for that. We'll get to it. But yeah. But the next thing we want to do is go after those core beliefs, give them a name, give them a story, and then tell people how to start twisting that narrative and believing. Yeah. So it's not, I am lazy. It's, I sometimes find things difficult that other people find easy. Yeah. And I'm deserving of support. Yeah. And actually I work really hard just in my own way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a book about core beliefs and yeah, it, we're currently a couple of chapters into that and I'm just crying. (laughs) Every every new paragraph, which is always a good sign that you've tapped on. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. You can tell that she's passionate because she's left nothing for me to say about the book. <laughs> you can talk about the cat. You can talk about No, no, no. no. Um, I, I will just, on Dirty Laundry, though, I think we, the story, but I'll do it really briefly, but the story behind that is just, it, like, insane, really. So, you know, the conception of it was April last year, 
um we were driving down to devon to see my brother and we were kind of saying like what 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 would people want what would followers want i think at the time we probably had like half a million followers it's like we need to do something more than 30 40 second videos like what can we do let's write a book and that's where it was conceived um we finished it in december like we we were clueless but like uh, about how to do it um rock sort of hyper focused on how how do you release a book and we decided to self-release it at first through amazon print on demand we did that um and it, it has complete well one it's landed really well with people and it's not just the amount of sales and bestseller lists it's it's the messages we get about the book yes, and what yes. people say about the book when they stop us it's it's hit the mark and you know the book itself is it it takes adhd symptoms and it is different to all of the other adhd books which tells you how to become more neurotypical it's yes, just yeah. it's, it's about how do you how are you how do you become a sort of happier being yourself yeah, and, and, yeah. and it helps both the ADHD and and the people that love them and I think that's why because it's very different to anything that's well that we know that's been that's been written and I think that's why it's landed so much um and also I think it's probably worth mentioning that this podcast will probably be the first time that our audience knows that there's a second book coming so this <gasps> exclusive that's exciting um but yeah that the the real life story of being you know a third of the way through a book and ADHD changing the direction completely on a whim had me going a little bit because we've got deadlines for our editor and all sorts of stuff like that so that was but um but it's fine thing is and this is where it's so important to understand how ADHD people work hard yes yeah because so so we're a third of the way through the book rationality or, or neurotypical lens says yeah finish that one get it done this other idea can be the next book ADHD lens says if I'm not emotionally invested and believe in this is something of importance I ain't gonna do it yeah and it's, your phrase was it'll be like dragging me through tar Yes. yes, we we got to take two steps backwards, but we're already 10 steps forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When an ADHD person is engaged and into it and hyper-focused, you'll achieve times 10 Yes, what, what you would have. So it's so funny that so much of what we say and our messaging is also in how we write the book and how we interact. Yeah. It's just... It, the were you, were you practicing what you preach? And I have to say as well, you said, Rich, something like, um, you, you know, it's landed well, blah, blah, blah. And I just want to say, like, beyond that, like, it's authentic. Yeah. You've put your heart and soul into it. And it's a real thing that you are pushing out there. And that is why it's landed well. You're not, like, yeah. cashing in or trying to say, here's my top tips for this or that. Like, you're really giving your full lived experience because you give a shit and you want people to be all right. That's why it's landed. It's an amazing thing that you're doing. Yeah. That yeah. means a lot. Thank you very much. No, it's true. People, people are sick of bullshit. Yeah. Like, oh, fucking up to here with it. Nobody wants, wants to, <laughs> you know, follow someone that's pretending that everything is great and everything's yeah. all right. And you just need to follow these, these simple steps and you can have yeah. an amazing life too. Yeah. And it's just like, no, let's just be honest. Like things are hard and yeah. things are tough. It's and tough. You know, and you can't be anybody else because you've nearly bloody done yourself in trying to be. Yeah. So yeah. how about yeah? Oh, uh, that that one. Yeah. Just that <laughs> one. Like 
my healing safari began with I love how you've adopted safari. By <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's gonna come everywhere we will reference you. Um if you read it in the book. Yeah. yeah we will reference you. Thank I have you. a feeling it'll go in. Um yeah, every self-help book, how to be more productive, how to yeah. build habits, how to do this. I was like my entire life was like trying to learn how to not be myself. Yeah. Yeah. And now that now it's a work the opposite way. How do I learn how to be absolutely myself? And you know, when I was reading all these productivity things and trying to wake up at six in the morning and fill my entire calendar, I was an overwhelmed, burnt out mess hiding what was really going on. Now I work when I feel inspired. I change and quit things if I need to go a different direction. I'm very honest when I need time off, which is more than a lot of people. And I'm more productive than I have ever been. So like ADHD advocacy, awareness and acceptance doesn't lead to like laying on my bed all day doing nothing, which is what some people would make you think, oh, it's just an excuse to be lazy. It allows me to be 10 times more productive. Yeah, because I get to do it in my own yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, through understanding, compassion, you've been able to take the shackles off. Identifying how you are, like, yeah, yeah absolutely, that's amazing. Um, so yeah. should we go to the last question? Yeah. Well, I was going to say quickly, what is your win of the week? Win of the week. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be the book because yeah. we. I had the impulsive idea to throw away the first version and start writing the second one. Yeah. Um, and have written the the introduction in the first chapter this week. Amazing. Um, it came really quickly. We've sent it to our editor. She has said yes to it. So we've we've managed to convince other people that this wild it's, idea yeah. is right. Amazing. It feels like touching on core beliefs is the just the thing that we need to do. So that is my win of the week, throwing away a book. Yes. Mine's the same. I'll probably explain it slight from a different perspective. <laughs> obviously, you know, with with me and with this relationship dynamic, I'm very used to pivoting is probably the, the nicest way of putting it. So changing direction. Um and I think that it's the it's the win of the week, but not because we've changed. I think it's because our manager, our literary agent, our editor have all accepted it. Like it's okay. Like I knew that I was going to accept it, but when you've got people at a publishing house designing the cover for the book that no longer exists, it's like you get a little bit fearful around shit. Like I wonder how this is going to go down, but they've all been, they've all been brilliant about it actually, haven't they? I think that's 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 such an amazing thing because it's not like that whole like, right, you've, you've got ADHD, but like, uh, or you you have rocks, but like we we get that, and that's what this is all about. But actually, you're not actually allowed to have ADHD. Like yeah. it's actually really genuinely going. We get it. This is how it works. This is what it's about. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's such a gorgeous thing to say, and so often that's missed. People that might work with people with ADHD or advocate on the outside, publish books or w- whatever they're doing. Is it within how you treat them? Are you aware of the RSD that things might change? Yeah. That they might have sudden bursts of five chapters and two months of nothing. Yeah. Um, and actually we have found 
and it probably because a lot of them do kind of have to watch our content just to like because yeah and it's really helped so it just shows that conversations podcasts like this just moves the needle it moves the needle to a more accepting world yeah which is ultimately what we all want yeah absolutely 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 so what is the most ADHD thing you've done this week? And I guess, Rox, you can give us one. And maybe, Rich, if you have something that Rox has done that's particularly ADHD, <laughs> you care to share? Wow. Okay, yeah, I have one. So I have therapy later. I always have therapy on a Thursday. Yeah. And I pay for it weekly. My therapist sends the invoice. Uh-huh. And I pay it. S- simple, yeah. you might think. Well. Not for me. <laughs> I constantly forget. I constantly leave it to the last minute. And I will very often be doing it on a Wednesday night before the appointment on a Thursday. Last week, she said to me, totally understand, but my booking system is changing now. So I need you to basically pay it sooner because that's how it confirms the appointment. It helps me to run my calendar. No problem, Doc. I've got you. <laughs> Did it again. I forgot again. Yeah. Texted her yesterday. I'm so sorry. I forgot. And the shame that comes with that, like even with a therapist. Yeah. It's like, I'm letting you down again. I promised I'd change. And now I've forgotten. Oh my gosh. Um, so that's the most ADHD yeah. thing I've done. made a promise and then completely forgot about it again. I, I don't know. I disagree. Uh, this this is why I I think this is the most ADHD Go thing on. you've done this week. So so this is this has happened loads, but <laughs> particularly it has happened also this week as well. So me being me, I am in charge of the calendar of our of our week, like yeah. when things get done. Um, we've obviously got a deadline for the book. We've talked about the book. It's not the same story. So yesterday was earmarked as a book writing day. Now, how that day started, and it has done a few times, and it probably actually warrants a conversation after this, uh, just to act with a bit of curiosity. Rock will start the day <laughs> with, with, I've just got to do these couple of bits first. Oh, we know that one. Right. It was six o'clock last night that she had finished the just couple of things that she needed to do first. <laughs> but, and, and because they were like admin related tasks, her brain was absolutely just frazzled and drained. There is yeah. no way we were going to write any of the book um, because we, we do that in quite a bit of a wonky way. We'll kind of talk, one of us will type, we'll talk it out and like come, come up with together with together. So R- Rox is, actually quite heavily relied on with your creative juices flowing when we go through that process but yeah time and time again this i've just got to quickly do this and then it it being a whole day of doing that that's yeah. what you've done yeah yesterday in fact it wasn't <laughs> this it was yesterday yeah. rings true time yeah. and time again but yeah. it just take yeah. five minutes five that's, hours that's the story of my life yeah. yeah and then that will lead to another thing which leads to another thing mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. i just need to quickly tidy the house side quest after side quest after side quest yeah. after side quest and yeah 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 it's we know it. quest. Yeah. yeah but i mean it, it's constant but it's also the the energy in my head i haven't learned i'm 38 i constantly overestimate my own energy 
It's like, I'll just do these admin tasks and then I'll write the book. It's like, who do you think you are? And you're yes. difficult. No, you won't. <laughs> like you've got a limited bar of energy. <laughs> and if you do anything related to like admin or tidying, you're at zero really yeah. quick. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's just the way it is. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Absolutely. That's it. So is there anything else that you would like to cover that we haven't covered or anything that you would like to share or direct anybody to or anything? Yes. One thing which we've kind of been working on in the background this year. Or are you going to say that on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, do it. Do it. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just been, it was again, a kind of an idea in my many ideas that, that come through that has been brought to fruition so it's always wonderful and one of those crazy ADHD inspired impulsive ideas gets turned into reality and we had an idea to create an app but a a very simple app that does one thing which is help people with housework because from mm. doing a poll that was what people were struggling with the most was like housework and the shame around not being able to get started. Yeah. Um, in that poll, the most horrendous thing people find is laundry. Mm -hmm. So if you're struggling with your laundry, that's pretty much all of us, by the way. Every um, day. Every day. <laughs> so yeah, we just got this app. It's it's me and Rich. People always ask us on, on social media, can you clone him or does he have a brother? So I'm like, I can clone him. I'll put, I'll put him in an app. <laughs> I basically get got him to break down in micro steps um, the biggest, the most challenging tasks for us within a household. And then it's the app is these gorgeous little like click through things. So you can just click through with somebody showing you exactly what to do. So it's that manual for life that we never received. That's and then amazing. There's, there's also just body doubling videos in there. Yeah. So me me cleaning a bed, washing up, it can link to focus music. And that's all it is. So it's just a bit of help to get going in the house. Like very simple. It's not a calendar and a productivity, none of that. No. Just help where people that is might need it most. I'll be downloading so. that app when yeah, it's available. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's so cool. So is this something that's in process of being made? Do you know when it's going to be available? It will be finished, we think in september sometime so it should be out by the end of next month or probably october because these yeah. things always well we are so we are totally uh disorganized as you can imagine with actually our release schedule so you never know it, it might, might be, be out. out it might be oh, out we say the name is dubby it's called dubby dubby love it yeah dubby yeah. does that mean Do does that mean the same thing to you as it does up here i don't know well, oh, if, no. if something's dubby it means it's dirty so it kind of works Oh wow! Okay, no, we know that. Yeah, that's a happy like, accident. Up, up, up here, that would be used for like if oh, it's if, dirty. If you've got like mud all of your boots, like grubby. You, yeah, you'd be like, oh, my boots are all dubby. There you oh. go. Do you know what? Didn't know that, yeah. but it works because it's all about cleaning. Yeah, it does. It's perfect. That's amazing. We, we spell it D U. B B I I. So oh, there's okay. lots of doubles yeah. in it. So it's kind of like ah, body doubling, and it's kind you. of like bubby. Or buddy, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Cute. that's one of the cool things. Oh, amazing! That's that. amazing. Honestly, I love it. Well, you know, 
I hope, well, I was going to say, I hope you have like a million other amazing ideas today, but it's a given, right? You can yeah. have loads. and um, Keep them going because <laughs> they're, they're great. And, and the curiosity and all of it, you pair are amazing. Thank you so much for giving us your Aww. time. And thank you for all of the amazing work that you are doing, just yeah. eradicating shame across the board, like wonderful people. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so absolute much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you for everything that you do. And I remember getting your first email. Yeah. Like, oh, I love this. How are we going to make it happen though with three ADHDs? <laughs> we did not we did our job. In the end. I mean, it's probably it's probably one of the longer interviews, but we'll make it work. <laughs> love it. Thank love you it. ever so much. All right. Um, cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye. So you can totally understand why we wouldn't have wanted to cut anything out of that. Oh, no, it's all gold. There, Absolute gold. What a pair. There is so much in there. And I just admire the the honesty and the vulnerability and the ability to just share things that are maybe uncomfortable, like stuff that people don't talk about because it's... It's not normal yeah. in inverted commas, or, obviously. Or yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's like difficult stuff. Yeah, being putting, making themselves uncomfortable out of the social responsibility that they feel to the community. Yeah, to say like you know we could we could sugarcoat this and we could just say this or that, but actually we're going to tell the truth because the validation of the other people suffering is more important than their own being uncomfortable, basically. And it normalises things for everybody yeah. because I'm sure there's lots of things out there that people are ashamed of or scared of owning up to because of what other people might think. And the more people normalise all the all of these things, the, the easier it is to talk about. Yeah, do you know what? And also, I've just had another thought. It's like, it's really great the fact that, you know, Rox is saying about having support... And the support that Rich does give her. Yeah. Because I've always felt ashamed by the ways in which Big has to help me. Yeah. But actually, because because then I'm thinking, oh, that's because I'm inept. That's because I'm unable to do that. Or like the facts, like the driving thing and things like that. Yeah. There are things that I can't do that he does have to help me with. And actually, there's no shame in that because we understand why it's communicated. It's, it's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot lot to take from that lots of inspiration and admiration for them both absolutely and gratitude thank you thank you yeah yeah so um what i have noticed is for people that bang on about shame eradication all the time i've got myself in a bit of a cycle of shaming myself it's like um self-flagellation yeah I, I basically spent so i've started this episode by saying oh look i fucked up da 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 and now I've kind of realised that I've also spent the whole of last week beating myself up because I was so inarticulate when we were talking to Kate, when we were talking about systems. And I was I was trying to say a point, which I didn't make. <laughs> I thought I had, but I hadn't. When I listened to it back, all I do is kind of swear and not really make a point. Yeah. When actually what I was trying to say was that the system thing... I don't actually have any. And and the reason why I wanted to say that was because every time we say something, we validate the experience of a load of other people who are similar to us. Yeah. And so what I was trying to say was it's it doesn't even occur to me to go, what's the best way to do this? Or shall I use this system and write a list and get this done? Because it just doesn't occur to me because I also know that I'm kind of sick of setting myself up to fail. Yeah. I know that every day, because I do suffer so much with the emotional side of ADHD, 
I don't know who I'm going to be when I wake up tomorrow. Mm. I don't know how I'm going to feel. And so if I set myself up and say, this is how the day must go and this is how I must do this thing, then if I don't do it, then I'm going to feel like a failure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm only just starting to believe that I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So that was what I want to say. But in that is that I really need to stop shaming myself because here we are saying this is what ADHD looks like for us. And now for a second week in a row, I've been like, oh my God, I'm such a dick. I shouldn't have said that. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's always going to be difficult, especially when you're putting yourself out there, like like yeah. Rox and Richard as yeah. well. Like it, I'm sure that they they must suffer this themselves where they say something they're like oh was that too much or did I say the right thing or the wrong yeah. thing like everybody does it in in all forms of life but when you've got a platform and yeah. you're talking and you're having to listen to yourself and and re-listen to yeah. yourself I don't I don't spend a lot of time watching myself back or listen obviously well, you have to you're the ob bloody editor don't obviously <laughs> when I'm editing but I have the beauty of editing and choosing like you know what, what goes out and what stays yeah. in so if there's something that I say and I'm like, well, that was rubbish. That was inarticulate. I'll take it out. And sometimes you come back in yeah, and, and say stuff. Sometimes, I sometimes, exactly. <laughs> I should do that. I should have thought of it before. Exactly. It. Sometimes I've yeah. done that when I've actually come back and re-recorded what I meant to say yeah. so that I can say it right. Because sometimes when I'm talking, the words that come out of my mouth yeah. are not what I'm trying to yeah. say. And yeah, it can be really difficult. But, but. I, but yeah, absolutely. But I am glad that we left that in in the beginning because it does just go to show that with all the best of intentions, we can completely come across the yeah. complete opposite way. Yeah. But hey ho, thank God they were legendary. Um, but yeah, less less shame upon yourself, yeah, please. Definitely. Because you are one of the most articulate people that I know, <laughs> and I always admire. Apart from the, when I start swearing. Well, I admire you <laughs> and the words that come out of your mouth because oh, they make a lot you. more sense than some of the words that no, come out of mine. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, so let's share some most ADHD things from uh, our online community and the Facebook and Instagram pages. Yes, we? let's okay. because we've done ours at the start because we're doing it a little bit backward. But yes, here's so. some from the. Community. This one is from Instagram. Needed to paint the window cell in my bedroom, went to buy white paint. Came home with an order for flooring for bathrooms, soil, green paint to redecorate spare room, no white paint. Totally decided to use new paint to decorate the spare room. Ended up painting the bathroom yellow, the hallway pink, and destroying my tidy home. Still not painted bedroom window sill or use the paint I bought yesterday. <laughs> That's, that is that is the most ADHD post. Tried to open my front door by using the remote on my car key. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've done that before. Um, I've got some here from Facebook. Uh, I forgot to change my pants, so I went to work with yesterday's pants on. Um, and I got distracted by books about ADHD when I was supposed to be studying autism. I was about to order a book with strategies to avoid distraction. But the irony, irony, I can never say that word. Irony, irony. I don't think I can say it in a Scottish accent. The irony. Irony. Um, but yeah, I went, I went, was about to order a book with strategies to avoid distraction, but the irony was too great. So I got back to my studying. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. And finally, one from our community. This is brilliant, right? So I've already shared this in this morning's body doubling. So this is Vanessa, one of our core morning crew, right? Sorry for outing you, Vanessa. <laughs> 
But I got involved in a late night online debate in inverted commas with someone called Laura. It went the direction all Facebook debates tend to go, but I managed to convince myself that it was Laura, as in me. Um, Because obviously there's only one Laura around. I then proceeded to convince myself I was going to be chucked off this community, which I love, because now Laura hated me. Spent ages checking everything to make 100% sure it wasn't the same Laura. It's not. I'm fine. Thanks, RSD and Justice Sensitivity. Thanks a lot. <laughs> bless her heart. She literally came into Morning Body Doubling, told me, and I was just like, nope, 100% not. And I'll tell you why. Because even though I'm the most justice sensitive person in the world, I'm also the most RSD riddled person in the world. So I have, well, when Brexit happened was when I learned that lesson. So even though I am outspoken and justice sensitive, I do not get into debates on Facebook at all. It's not worth it. It is never worth it, ever. <laughs> Save yourself the RSD, but how funny is that? Bless Oh, her. bless, bless. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I've i been in one Facebook argument on, on one Facebook argument on Facebook. Yes, one of those. Um, I think I just called someone a dickhead and instantly, <laughs> instantly got reported and got in trouble. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, she was being a dickhead, but whatever. And then recently when I was in a bad mood last week, I... Um, Someone had put up on their profile a guy about how um, women stop wearing um, oh, septum women with you. stop wearing septum rings. It's not attractive. So I replied. It was like one of those joke memes, and I was like, "No, I'm not having this shit." So I replied, and I was just like, "Men, not everything women do is for yeah. your attractability." And he written something. Can you not take a joke? And obviously, I didn't go back to it because I was just like, "No, I'm not. I'm rising above. I'm not. I'm rising above." I was just stating that point. But he actually deleted his message and wrote yes. something else. You know- that's that's what that's what Clementine Ford is up against all the time. Yeah. If you've not listened to that episode, you absolutely should. Yes. Um, but anyway, we should stop talking because this is a long episode. I know, we're just so- making it longer. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all of our community members. Welcome to our new community members. It's been really lovely to meet you and catch up with you this week. Grab your tickets for Alien Nation Live UK Tour via the link in the blurb of this episode and come hang with the gang in real life or in the online peer support community Planet ADHD AF. And big love to all. Yeah, hope you've enjoyed this one and we're going to go before we drag this out any longer, which I'm already doing right now. <laughs> go, go, <laughs> Bye. ADHDS Females, the podcast. We did it for the acronyms. <laughs>